Chapter 1. Bonky. There were mornings when Belle woke up with a tummy ache. Mama said to just ignore it, but how could she ignore pain? Belle didn't quite understand. Today was a tummy ache kind of morning. The first sound Belle heard was Gussa screaming in the kitchen. She always screamed. Sometimes Gussa was really sweet, but mostly she was mean and always had to have things her way. Belle heard Mama shout back. Her stomach never used to hurt when Grandma was alive. Grandma would always knock on the door right when Belle needed her. But this morning, no knock came and the monster in her stomach just kept growing. Belle slowly got out of bed. Grandma had always lived with them, helped them, helped Mama. But one day she was gone. Mama cried a lot and said that the blood in Grandma's brain burst, so now there was no more Grandma. But all of the things were still there, and Belle saw her Mama stood in Grandma's robe, crying when she thought Belle and Gussa were sleeping. When Belle brushed her teeth, Grandma's lipstick stood next to the faucet like it always did, so that Grandma could quickly put some on if the doorbell rang. She used to say that. You should always have lipstick on when you answer the door. But it barely ever rang, and it was mostly Belle who used to play with the lipstick. But not anymore. Not when Grandma couldn't buy a new one. Belle cracked the door a tiny bit and heard Mama slam a plate down on the table. What if the plate broke and cut Gussa? The door to Grandma's room was only a few meters down the hall, and Belle snuck towards it. When Grandma was alive, the door was always open, but nowadays it was shut, and Belle knew that it would creak when opened. Keeping her ears peeled, she carefully drew down the handle and leaned her shoulder into the door. No one noticed the creaking, and Belle quickly slid inside and closed the door behind her. The room was so dark. Mama had closed the curtains, and it made the room smell old but it also smelled like Grandma's perfume. Belle brushed her fingertips along the tiny bottles in front of Grandma's mirror. Grandma collected the little perfumes you get when you buy something else. Belle thought they looked like miniature hairspray bottles for dolls. On Grandma's armchair laid her favourite blanket, thrown aside as if she had just stood up. Belle thought maybe she died right there, sitting in the armchair when the blood in her brain burst. Grandma loved sitting there. She said it was her secret place. Belle used to laugh and say, how could it be secret if everybody could see her? And Grandma would say that sometimes secrets are right in front of us, but we simply can't see them. The chair was soft. Belle realized she had never actually sat in it, only on Grandma's lap. She sank deep into it, almost as if the chair was trying to swallow her, but not in a scary way, in a cosy way. Belle pulled Grandma's blanket closer, buried her nose in it, and now the room's old smell was gone. She smelled Grandma, only Grandma. Tears burned in Belle's eyes, the monster in the tummy growled, and Belle wanted to scream into the blanket, but out of her open mouth, no sound came. She pulled the blanket over her head and closed her eyes. Belle fell asleep. 
When she woke up, her legs felt stuck, and the armchair that had been so soft and cosy was now hard and prickly. Her back hurt when she tried to sit up, and her legs scraped against on something rough. Belle pulled the blanket down from her head. This wasn't Grandma's room. This was a forest. The scent of perfume had transformed into the smell of pine, the trees a bus, and the ground covered in pine needles and bark. You can make boats from those, thought Belle, and shoved a piece of bark into her pocket. Belle tried to feel if she was scared, but the monster in her tummy had shrunk and the tears had dried. She gathered up the blanket into a ball and stood up. Where was she? How did she get here? Slowly, Bello followed the narrow, barren path in front of her. Chapter 2 Raga and Muffin What a strange forest, Bell thought. It feels like the trees are watching me. But every time she tried to look back, the eyes were gone, and it seemed like a totally normal forest. Towering treetops, and even further on, the sky. Belle tried to tie the blanket around her waist so it was easier to carry, but it kept coming loose and dragging on the ground behind her. <sighs> it was so big. On Grandma it had seemed tiny. But Belle's Grandma was big. She had big, strong hands and always had the energy to carry Belle. A big mouth filled with laughter, but that could also look angry without being scary. Belle picked up a cone from the barren path. It was a spruce cone, long and thin. Pine cones were short and round. Grandma had taught her that. She ran her fingers over the cone's scales. But suddenly the cone was gone. Right in front of her eyes, something faster than lightning had snatched it out of her hand. She looked at her hand, now empty with no cone, then quickly all around her. Who took it? She turned around. Nothing. But there... Further down the path, she thought she noticed two shapes darting into the forest, out onto the path, then back in. Belle squinted to see better, but they were too fast. The forest had gone completely silent now. The shapes that had taken her cone were gone, and in front of her the path drifted on. She carefully placed one foot in front of the other, unsure if she should go on. Was it not starting to get darker? Were the trees not getting closer together? Ah! Belle screamed as she pitched forward. She fell and landed square on her stomach in a muddy pit. No, not this! She bit her lips so hard she tasted blood. She didn't want to cry. But you don't always get to choose, and the tears ran down her face and into her mouth. She tried drying her face with her muddy hands, and now she saw she was completely covered in brown sludge. Grandma's blanket! Belle pulled it out from under her to discover that the blanket was muddiest of all. Now she didn't even bother wiping her tears. Go on then, you stupid crying, she thought, and let the tears run like they would never stop. But they finally did. Belle tied the blanket back around her waist, crawled out of the pit and up onto a stone at the forest edge. Where should she go? How do you find your way out of a forest? 
You are sitting on my stone. Belle looked at a little blue man wearing a beret. You are sitting on my stone. This is my stone. It is absolutely not your stone because I have always sat on this stone and the stone has always been mine. Belle scrambled down from the small stone as fast as possible. The little blue man hopped onto it, sat firmly down and yanked the package from his pocket. First he peeled back a layer of paper, then another, then another, then another, then another. Belle looked on curiously. It was so strange, the package never seemed to get smaller. At last the little blue man pulled a huge sandwich with several different layers from the paper. Belle's stomach rumbled with hunger. The little man stopped mid-bite and stared at her. Who are you? I'm Belle. People can't be named Belle, declared the little man. Uh, yes, my name is Belle. What? No way! Who are you? A little lion with an unmoving mane jumped out from behind a tree. This is Bonky answered the little blue man. My name is Belle. Hey, 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 hey! We never have visitors! The little lion hopped excitedly up and down. Belle looked at her mane that did not move, only stood shock still in the middle of all the ruckus. You are so dirty! Why are you dirty? Do you like being dirty? I hate being dirty. It's because I'm kind of a cat. Actually a lion, but almost a cat, and cats don't like being dirty. I fell into that pit. Belle pointed at the deep, muddy trench that cut the forest in half. As her eyes followed the trench, it continued straight into the forest, like a deep, dark scar. The little lion with the still mane stopped mid-hop. She whispered, Those are the stratodundas. When they drop down their tentacles, everything gets destroyed. They can never see you. Otherwise, you will disappear. Bell shivered. Shh! Quiet! The little blue man slid off the stone and went towards the spruces. Is there something wrong with your mane? Bell couldn't stop staring at the completely unmoving mane. Yes, but I don't know if that matters, the little lion said thoughtfully before she continued to hop up and down. Come on! We have to hurry! The little blue man hissed, signalling them to follow. The trees were packed tightly together and the little blue man was fast. He zigzagged between branches that kept getting caught in Belle's hair. The blanket was heavy from all of the mud and she was panting with effort while trying to catch up to the little man, who never asked if he could help her, by the way. That's what I would have done, thought Belle. The little lion with the still mane hopped in front of her at times and behind her at others. Belle was so concentrated not to lose the little man that she couldn't hear what the little lion said. But suddenly the man stopped. Shh! You make so much noise! He looked sharply at Belle. You will not make another sound. No more sound will you make. You cannot be here, so you must be quiet. Quiet, so no one knows that you are here. Belle couldn't answer as her chest ached and the air went deep into her lungs. She wasn't able to stop the sound that the little man said she couldn't make. 
Now Belle saw that in front of them stood a very old spruce. It didn't look like the other ones. The other spruces were tall and proud, stretching towards the sky. This spruce was small and broken. The crown hung to the side and dry dead branches stuck out. You couldn't even see the trunk as the bare dry branches hung tiredly down around the tree, like a skirt flowing to the ground. Just as Belle wondered why they were stopping there, the little blue man went up to the old spruce and crawled under the branch skirt. The little line followed him. Belle stood alone with a blanket in her arms and looked on with amazement at this ugly old tree. The little lion stuck her head out from under the skirt. What are you doing? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Belle laid on her stomach and pushed through the branches. As soon as she pulled the last bit of her blanket through, the tree closed around them and a small room appeared. There was a kitchen and a very high rickety-rackety bunk bed. A fire was burning in the center of the room. Do you live here? asked Belle. We do muttered the little man. "'My name's Raga!' exclaimed the lion with a non-working mane as she shot up to the top of the bunk bed. "'And Muffin is named Muffin,' she continued, pointing at the little blue man. "'Bunky, Raga and Muffin!' "'How did you get here?' The little blue man named Muffin looked at Bonky expectantly. "'No one comes here. People cannot come here. To this place comes no one, and no one has been here. It's only us here. We have always been here. We are the only ones who come here and are here. Don't scare Bonky. The little lion with the still mane who was called Raga poked Muffin hard in the side. I don't know, answered Belle, who apparently was named Bonky in this forest. I was in Grandma's room. Then I was here. Belle, who now was bonky, peeled at the mud that had dried on Grandma's blanket. That doesn't make sense! That's impossible! Muffin tugged at the little bit of hair he had on the sides of his head. You can't be here. Raga bowed her head so low the still mane touched the floor. Why can't I be here? Bonky didn't understand. She didn't decide to come here. It wasn't her fault. No one can be here who should not be here. Muffin paced across the fussy carpet in the small room. Bonky figured that he had done this before because the carpet was so worn down under his feet the pattern was nearly invisible. While Muffin paced, Raga started to move around in the kitchen. Oh, you're interrupting my thoughts, Muffin barked. Bonky needs food. People think better after they eat. You can have rootberry jam. Do you like that? Raga already had jam all over her face, so Bonky suspected that she probably really liked it. I don't know what that is, answered Bonky. Our whole forest is full of rootberries, continued Raga. They are super sour if you don't boil them first with a ton of syrup from the beech trees. But those are too far from here, so we get syrup from the spruces instead. Are you dangerous? Muffin stopped abruptly and squinted up at Bonky. No, I don't think so, but sometimes I'm difficult and annoying. 
Bonky was going to continue that sometimes she forgot to be quiet when Mama needed to work, and that could be dangerous because Mama could slip with a knife. But just as she was about to say so, the ground began to shake. It shook so much that her legs went out from under her. It shook so much cups fell off the kitchen shelves and needles rained down from the tree all over the small room. The ground shook and it sounded like the earth was roaring. Bonky pressed her hands against her ears and pulled her legs into her stomach like a ball. Think of something else! Think of something else! Bonky whispered to herself over and over. But just like with the tummy ache, it's hard to think of something else when the thing you don't want to think about is happening and hurts. Just as quick as everything shook out of control, it disappeared again, followed by a complete silence, and if, as if the forest stood totally still. What was that? Bonky was scared. Raga and Muffin sat motionless, covered in needles. The forest is hungry, whispered Raga. Or they know that you are here. Muffin brushed himself off and stood up. Can a forest be hungry? Bonky was confused. She had never heard of a hungry forest before. Of course, said Muffin matter-of-factly. Everyone is hungry. Not always, but sometimes nearly everyone is hungry every day. How do you feed it? Bonky still didn't really get it. Her hands were still shaking, so she sat on them so no one could notice. It, 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 it eats cones. Raga answered. Preferably beach cones, but spruce cones work too. You don't know a lot about things, reflected Raga. Then the little lion took a deep breath. Okay, a huge hole so deep it feeds straight into the stomach of the forest, so deep that you can't see the bottom, only shadow and darkness. No one should ever go there because the forest might think you have food and swallow you whole. It needs to be fed cones, endless cones. You've never seen so many cones. If it doesn't get fed, the forest gets angry and growls. If the growl becomes a roar and goes on for too long, everything will be knocked down and kicked up. Dust will cover the sky and then there will be nothing left. Raga's eyes were open so wide that Bonky thought they might pop out. But this was nothing. Barely a grumble. Who feeds the cones into the hole? asked Bonky and thought of the cone that she had picked up earlier, but had disappeared. That's Margot and Margot. They guard the forest. You will never be able to say hi to them, because they are always in a hurry and as fast as the eye. As fast as the eye. Not faster than the eye can see. Not that the eye cannot keep up, but equally as fast as the eye. Otherwise, is all wrong. I've said this again and again. Muffin was irritated. Have you seen the hole? Bonky asked them both. Of course we haven't, or we would have been eaten. Raga hopped up and down. She probably got restless from sitting still, thought Bonky. Mama would probably have thought that Raga was really annoying. Muffin stomped his little blue foot hard into the ground. You are not allowed to be here. No one can be here who has not always been here. We have to go.